This is the Grind It Podcast. We know just like grinding a handrail or across the coping can be challenging at times, so can life be. We share God's Word and personal stories to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. Today we're going to start Matthew chapter 17. And what takes place in Matthew chapter 17 is just just epic. Uh, it's amazing. Uh, Peter had just previously made that great proclamation that you are the Christ. You are the son of the living God. And Jesus says, hey, you didn't you didn't say that on your own, but my father has revealed that to you. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, you have made this proclamation. And as great as that proclamation was and is, what happens in Matthew 17, the transfiguration, it, it's even greater. It, it's amazing. Uh, and it, Matthew tells us that it, it took place only six days after Peter had made this great proclam- proclamation that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. The, the sad thing to me about the, uh, the transform- this transfiguration of Jesus is that not all 12 disciples got to see it. Only three of them did. And that would be Peter, James, and John. Um, and in Matthew 16, and we're going to re- we're going to read this and look look at it here in just a second. But just a little bit about this word transfiguration. I mean, what is that? What is transfiguration? Well, the word in the Greek is metamorpho, and I'm sure I'm butchering that up the way I'm saying that. But metamorpho means exactly what it sounds like. It's where we get our word metamorphosis. It's it's the same word that Paul uses in Romans 12:2 when he says, "Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed." By the renewing of your mind. And that word transformed is the same word here, metamorpho. Uh, and so if you think about uh, transformed, it, it, it sounds a lot like transformation or transformers, which was a, a, a cartoon that came out when I was a kid. You know, you had Optimus Prime uh, battling against uh, Megatron. Well, I had Megatron, I had the gun. And those things are worth a ton of money now. And unfortunately, when I was a kid, I had bent my my rim on my basketball goal, and I needed a rim, and my neighbor had a rim, and so we traded. I gave him my Megatron, and he gave me uh, the rim for my basketball goal. But he, you know, you would think, well, he got the better end of that deal because that thing's worth a lot of money now if he still has it. But at the time, being a kid and needing a basketball rim, hey, it, I, I made a great trade. Um, but you know these transformers they 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 transform from an object like a gun into a robot or like optimus prime was a a, a a 18 wheeler and he would transform into a robot and he could go back into an 18 wheeler and, and and so uh that is the idea of this word metamorpho it, it, it's it, it's a, a transformation if you will think of it like a a metamorphosis as being like a caterpillar who uh winds itself up in a cocoon and it buries itself for a, a certain amount of time and the next thing you know it's busting out of that cocoon and and it doesn't even look like a caterpillar anymore it, it, it's it's a beautiful bug with wings and, and and it has colorful wings and it's flying around instead of crawling around on a dirty ground and 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 so it has transformed it, it has went through a metamorphosis and it's transformed from this caterpillar into a beautiful butterfly. And that is the word that is used here to describe what is going on with Jesus. 
he is being um, transformed, if you will. He is going through a metamorpho. He is going through a transfiguration right before the very eyes of Peter, James, and John. Um, in Matthew 17, verses 10 through 13, it says, Six days later, Jesus took Peter and the two brothers, James and John, and led them up on a high mountain to be alone. And as the men watched, Jesus' appearance was transformed, that metamorpho, so that his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as light. Suddenly, Moses and Elijah appeared and began talking with Jesus. Man, that would just be so awesome to see. And so Peter exclaimed, as he so often did, just put his foot in his mouth, uh, Lord, it is wonderful for us to be here. If you want, I'll make three shelters as memorials, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. But as he spoke, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Listen to him. And the disciples were terrified and fell face down on the ground. Then Jesus came over and touched them and said, Get up, he said, Don't be afraid. And when they looked up, Moses and Elijah were gone, and they saw only Jesus. And as they went back down the mountain, Jesus commanded them, Don't tell anyone what you have seen until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. And then his disciples asked him, Why do the teachers of religious law insist that Elijah must return before the Messiah comes? And Jesus replied, Elijah is indeed coming first to get everything ready. But I tell you, Elijah has already come, but he wasn't recognized, and they chose to abuse him. And in the same way, they will also <coughs> also make the Son of Man suffer. And then the disciples realized he was talking about John the baptizer. Now, I don't know why it was only Peter, James, and John that were allowed to see this transformation. Um, you know, I, I, I just, in my mind, I just can't even fathom what it would have been like to be there and to see Jesus his face shining as bright as the sun and his clothes turning a brilliant white. They have, I mean, think about it. They've never seen anything like this before in their lives, and they're privileged enough to be able to see this. And, and not only that, but, you know, you've got Moses and Elijah sitting there talking uh, with Jesus. Six days after Peter made that proclamation, you are the Christ, you are the Son of the living God. Just six days ago, he said that, and Jesus has repeatedly been telling them that he's going to be betrayed and he's going to die, but that he is going to rise again on the third day. This, this transformation that we read about in Matthew 17, I don't fully understand it by any means. I wasn't there. I didn't see it. But I do think that this transformation has something to do to prepare Jesus for the day that is soon coming because we're we're nearing the end of Matthew. The 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 cross is is right there. Jesus he knows his mission. He knows that he is going to the cross to die for the sins of man to pay that 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 penalty of man and so that we can be reconciled to the father he's going to be our sacrificial lamb he's going to give his blood on that cross and he's going to lay in that tomb for three days and on that third day he is going to come out victorious over death and the grave and so he's been telling his disciples about this and 
this transformation has something to do in preparation for for Jesus's death and his burial and his resurrection. Uh, and it at the same time, it's also to show these three men that he really is the Messiah, that he really is God's son. Remember what Peter said, you are the Christ, you are the son of the living God. And, and Jesus said, my father has revealed that to you. You didn't say that on your own. And so if you think about it, the disciples, they, they realized that Jesus is the Messiah. But they struggled with doubt. And we see that over and over and over again. And we see it in this chapter. And, and Jesus knows his time is short. His time is coming to an end on earth. And these men, he, he had just told Peter, when Peter made that proclamation, you are the Christ, you are the Son of the living God. Jesus says, upon this rock I will build my church. And he tells, he, he's talking about that statement, that he is the Christ, the Son of the living God. But he also tells Peter, he says, I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom. And we see that's why Peter stands up on the day of Pentecost in the power of the Holy Spirit and preaches that sermon. And, 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 and about 3,000 people were baptized and added to the church, and the church begins because he was given the keys to the kingdom. And so Jesus is showing these three men. Because he tells them, he says, he says don't, don't tell anybody about this. Don't even tell the other disciples what you have seen here. And so these three men were privileged to go and see this event. And I think it, 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 was, it was preparing them for what was about to take place very soon. That he's going to be gone. And these guys, along with the other disciples, minus Judas, because he's going to go out and hang himself. But Matthias will step in his place. But these guys will be leading the charge to spread the message of the gospel and building the church which is still going strong today so look what happens in the transfiguration uh, matthew says that jesus's face shines like the sun and his clothes turn a brilliant white or a bright white now i want to share something i think that's interesting very interesting and that is john's description of jesus in revelation chapter one when he is uh, talking to someone and he turns to see who he is talking to, and it's Jesus. And in verses, uh, in Revelation 1, 12 through 16, John writes this. He says, I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me. And when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And among the seven lampstands was someone like the Son of Man. That's Jesus. Dressed in a robe reaching down to his feet with a golden sash around his chest. The hair on his head was white like wool, as white as snow. And listen to this. And his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace. And his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. In his right hand he held seven stars. And coming out of his mouth was a sharp double-edged sword. Now listen to this. His face... Now, what did Matthew say, Jesus, at the transfiguration? His face shined like the sun. Listen to what John says in Revelation 1. His face was like the sun shining in all its brilliance. John was talking about the resurrected Jesus. Jesus had already died on the cross. Jesus had already been placed in that tomb for three days. And Jesus had already been raised from the dead and ascended back to the Father. And now he's given John this revelation to tell these persecuted Christians 
about him and to give them hope to hold on that's why he says in revelation 2 10 to be faithful unto death and i will give you a crown of life and so john is looking directly at the resurrected jesus and i think that's exactly what peter james and john were looking at they were able to see the resurrected jesus before he was actually dead buried and resurrected Think about it. It's the same exact description that John gives in Revelation chapter 1 of the resurrected Jesus. And they're getting to see a glimpse of Jesus in his resurrected state. And man, it would just it would have been so awesome to see that. But not only that, Jesus is having a conversation with two dudes from the Old Testament that the Jews would have the utmost respect for, and that's Moses and Elijah. Think about it. These guys have never witnessed anything like this before. Jesus is sitting here glowing. His face is as bright as the sun. You can't even, you, if you ever try to look at the sun, you have to have, have uh, sunglasses on, and you have to have really dark glasses on to be able to look at the sun, or it burns your eyes. You're like, oh, you know. Jesus' face was as bright as the sun. These, it, Think about all the miracles that Jesus has has already done. Think about Jesus has raised a 12-year-old girl from the dead, but now he is glowing. His clothes are brilliant white. His face is shining like the sun. And now Moses and Elijah appear out of nowhere, and Jesus is having a conversation with Moses and Elijah. I would absolutely be freaking out. And so Jesus is talking with Moses. And if you think about, think about Moses, Moses was the one who met with God on Mount Sinai. He was given the law, and Moses delivered the law to the people. And yet here he is talking with Jesus again. And then there stands Elijah, a prophet who was carried away in a you know, he was riding in the chariot, and the whirlwind came and picked up the chariot, and his mantle fell down, and Elisha grabs it, puts it on, and, and, and takes over where Elijah left off. But um, if you think about it, Moses would represent the law, and Elijah would represent the prophets. Now, in, in the previous podcast, I talked about how they would stack stones in the Old Testament when, when God did something for them, when God delivered them in a battle or whatever. They would stack stones up for um, a memorial. And, and that's what we, we uh, see going on here when Peter exclaimed, he, he, it just interrupts the whole process, what's going on here, right? He, he's not even acknowledging Hey, I can talk to Moses. I could have a conversation with Elijah. I should ask him some questions. But no, he, here's what he says. Peter exclaimed, Lord, it's wonderful for us to be here. If you want, I'll make three shelters as memorials. See, I'll, I, so we can remember this moment. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And so... Uh, just like the Old Testament, that when they would stack up stones or pile up stones as a memorial, that's what Peter is wanting to do. I want to make a memorial so we can remember this awesome moment. I don't want to ever forget it. So Peter says, let me build a shelter for each of you as a memorial. 
I mean, I think if 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 I was in Peter's shoes, you know, you got you got uh, James and John sitting over there in silence, just in awe of everything that's going on and what they're seeing before their very eyes. But not Peter. You know, Peter's outspoken. He's out there. He's he's going after it, and he's going to stick his foot in his mouth once again. And and the the best thing that he can come up with is, hey, let me build some shelters for a memorial. <clears throat> but as I was reading this and studying for the podcast, I, I thought of an interesting question. But there's there's really there's no way to answer it. I don't think. Um, if you have some ideas, you can uh, email them to me at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com. I, w- I would love to, to hear from you ab- about what you think about this. But how did Peter know who Moses and Elijah were? Because if you think about it, they didn't have cell phones back then. They couldn't take selfies and post what they were doing for the day and smiling for the camera or where they're at and what location they're in and who they are. They didn't have all that. They couldn't post it to social media for the whole world to see them. Peter, James, and John have never... Jesus saw him. Jesus was there with God from the very beginning. So when Moses met with uh, uh, God on Mount Sinai, Jesus would have been there. When God would send messages to Elijah, the prophet of God, Jesus would be right there. So... Jesus would know Moses and Elijah, but how did Peter know who Moses and Elijah were? I mean, there were no cameras back then to take selfies. There, there was no way you didn't etch it and stone what they looked like. Um, they didn't have the capability to do that back then. So how did Peter know who Moses and Elijah were? But he did. And that, that that's something that just, a, a question I'll have to get answered uh, when I cross over into eternity and get into heaven and be able to ask these guys that and how 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 do they feel in that moment uh, this transfiguration it'll be, it'll be a good thing to talk about because we're going to have eternity to talk about it anyway so we'll have plenty of time so as soon as Peter interrupted the moment the conversation between Elijah, Moses and Jesus yeah, I want to build this shelter. I want to. I want a memorial. So, as soon as Peter interrupts this moment that's going on, a cloud comes between Peter, James, and John, and Jesus, Moses, and Elijah. And if you think about it, what does a cloud do? A cloud it, it, it shades the sun. It blocks the sun. Although this is a a, a bright cloud, and because God was in that cloud God, because a, a voice is going to come from that cloud and talk to Peter, James, and John. But if you think about it, a, a cloud blocks the sun. And Matthew says, But even as Peter spoke, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice came from the cloud and said, This is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Listen to him. And the disciples were terrified and fell face down on the ground. And And what this tells me is, that God is full of grace and that God is full of mercy and compassion and he's long suffering because <clears throat> if you think about it you got Peter James and John they haven't said a word they're just sitting there taking it all in trying to figure out what in the world is going on here but not Peter Peter's got to open his mouth and say something and ruin the moment and as soon as he speaks God shows up in the cloud 
and 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 it ruined the moment. They they just that was it. And and so since Peter had to stick his foot in his mouth and ruin the moment and get involved and act like a fool, if you will, God shows up out of nowhere in this cloud, starts talking, and he separates the disciples from from the transfiguration, from Jesus and from Moses and Elijah. But this cloud showing up and doing this separate, does that sound familiar? Because when, when we go to the Old Testament and the tabernacle is completed, what happens? God shows up. But how does God show up? He shows up in the form of a cloud and it fills the tabernacle. And, and it talks about how the glory of God filled the tabernacle. But they saw a cloud. Well, the same thing happens when Solomon builds the temple and the temple is completed. God shows up and, and it talks about how the glory of the the glory of God showed up in the form of a cloud. And that's exactly what we see going on here. God shows up in a cloud and he begins talking to Peter, James, and John. Now, he could have scolded Peter. He could have made an example of Peter right here. Because Jesus had just done that with Peter. Once Peter stuck his foot in his mouth and said, You're not going to die. I'm not going to allow that to happen. And, and Jesus said, This isn't the Father's will. Get behind me, Satan. Because my Father's will is for me to die on the cross and to be buried in a tomb for three days. And on the third day, I will rise again. That's the Father's will. Peter, you are not doing the Father's will. And he calls him Satan, which means opposition. So God, the Father, could have scolded Peter and put him in his place, but he didn't. He shows him grace. He shows him mercy. And he shows him compassion. He just simply shows up in the form of this bright cloud. And he says, hey, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Listen to him. Listen to him. That's all he said. He's gone. And what this was, it was just more confirmation to Peter, James, and John that Jesus is who he says he is. And here they are hearing the voice of the Father. God the Father. And the voice says, listen to my son. And so God shows grace in this moment. He shows mercy. He shows compassion to Peter. He doesn't scold him. And God tells God the Father, he tells, I mean, think about it. They heard the voice of the Father. And that voice says, hey, listen to my son. So it's, with God showing grace and mercy to these guys, it, it's a great moment that we can take a great lesson from. Because we can heed those same words that God the Father told to Peter, James, and John when he says, listen to my son. That's some great advice. Listen to my son. If we would just listen to what Jesus says and take it to heart and let it just dwell up inside of us it will change our lives you talk about a metamorpho you talk about a metamorphosis you talk about a transformation if we would just listen to what jesus says to us it will literally change our lives but yet again 
Peter, James, and John, they don't even acknowledge that God the Father has shown up in the form of a cloud and they got to hear the voice of the Father. Maybe, maybe you know, they, they don't acknowledge Moses and Elijah. Peter just wants to build a shelter, you know, as a, for, for a memorial. So they don't, they don't even talk to them. And now here's God the Father popping up on the scene. He's speaking to them. He says, hey, listen to my son. And they don't even acknowledge to Jesus that, hey, your dad was just here and we and, and had a conversation with us. He told us, you know, to, to listen to you. We're here for you, dude. They didn't even acknowledge it. I don't understand Peter at all, but even though I'm a lot like Peter. So after the transformation, Jesus is done talking to Moses. He's done talking to Elijah. They've disappeared. They've gone back to wherever. Jesus takes Peter, James, and John, and they head back down the mountain. And as they're going down the mountain, there's a crowd waiting on Jesus. And the only question that the three could come up with as they were walking with Jesus down the mountain is they say, Why do the teachers of religious law insist that Elijah must return before the Messiah comes? And Jesus says, Hey, Elijah's already come. And they they realized that he was talking about John the baptizer. And Jesus has already mentioned this uh, previously before that Elijah was uh, John uh, the baptizer uh, or acting as, I mean, he, he, it wasn't literally uh, Elijah, but he was acting like Elijah. Um, but one thing I want to point out before ending this podcast is something that God the Father said about Jesus, the Son, to the disciples. Not only did God the Father tell the disciples this about Jesus, he says, this is my dearly loved son, but God the Father also said this about Jesus to the disciples. He says, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Now, I want to talk to the fathers just for for a few minutes at the end of this podcast. Right there in front of these three disciples, God the Father gives affirmation to His Son, Jesus. He dearly loves Jesus, and He proclaims to to Peter, James, and John that Jesus brings Him great joy. Now, fathers, listen to me. You need to go tell your kids how much you love them and what they mean to you. Because it will make a world of a difference in their lives. I mean, you really don't understand. You really have no idea how much your kids need to hear affirmation coming from your lips. Say it out loud. Don't text it. Go to them and face-to-face tell them. You can text it too, but they need to hear it from your mouth. They need to see you face to face and they need to hear how much you love them and how much they mean to you and how they bring great joy to you and to your life. Your kids need your affirmation. This is something that I never, ever got from my dad because my dad committed suicide when I was three years old. I don't even know what my dad's voice sounds like because the, the, the little 35 millimeter reels the movies, the home movies that we have, they're silent. And of course, I have some pictures, but pictures don't talk. They're silent. Um, so I don't even remember what my dad's voice sounded like. So my, my dad abandoned 
abandoned us, me and my brother and my sister and my mom. When I was three years old, my brother being 13 and my sister being around six or seven years old. So I, I, I never got affirmation from my dad. And then my mom remarried when I was five years old to a guy who, he didn't abuse me sexually, but he abused me physically. He would beat me until I peed in my pants for just because he was mad. And then he would always tell me, I mean always, constantly, just tell me that I would never amount to anything. He never, not one time, told me that he loved me. I, I told him one time that I loved him, and he said it back. But it was because I said it first, and he's probably just repeating what I said. And he was my stepdad since, from the time I was five years old until I got married and, and got out of the house. But I never got affirmation from him. In fact, he never supported anything I did. And when I was 12 years old, I was uh, I grew up playing Little League Baseball, and I was really good. One batting champ three years in a row, made All-Stars every year. And uh, when I was 12 years old, I pitched a championship game, and we won. And he never came to games, but when it was a championship game, his brother was the coach of my Little League team. And so he sat in the dugout as if he knew anything about baseball, and he knew nothing about baseball. And after the game was over, and I pitched a complete game, and won, the, and we won the game as a team, but I pitched a complete game, he tried to take my victory from me. He tried to take credit for what I did. I never, my, my point is, I never, ever got affirmation from my dad, nor did I get affirmation from my stepdad. And for the first 30 or so years of my life, I tried to prove to my stepdad that I that I was that I was somebody that he was wrong and and you know I've been through a lot of counseling to to get that corrected and to and to work on that but even to this day I'm 50 years old and when something goes wrong in my life when something don't always work out the way I should or the way I think it should I can still hear the voice of my stepdad saying, I told you, you'll never be worth anything. You'll never amount to anything. And I have to squash it and give it to God. And I'm just saying, as we end today's podcast, the Father, God the Father, He affirmed to Peter, James, and John. He gave Jesus affirmation. This is my dearly loved Son who brings me great joy. If you will give your kids, no matter what age they are, if you would just go to your kids and just give them affirmation and tell them how much joy they bring to your life, it will literally change their lives, I promise you. Fathers, give affirmation to your kids and let them know how much you love them, that you're proud of them, and how much joy they bring to your life. God bless you. Thank you for listening today. And keep grinding. Thanks for listening to the Grinded Podcast. If we could pray for you or encourage you in any way, please email us at thegroundedpodcast at gmail.com or you can text us at 865-418-2824. 
If you're watching on YouTube, please click like and subscribe, and you'll be notified about new episodes. If you're listening on an app, leave us a five-star review, but most importantly, share the Grinded Podcast with a friend. God bless you, and remember, keep grinding.